good afternoon from the racing capital of the world, Speedway, Indiana. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host, and thank you for listening to episode 59 of the Cyber.Now podcast, your number one spot for learning about tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research, for their support of this show. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking the time out of your day to support the show and listening to it. Time is that one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource with me. For those of you who are first time listeners, thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming back week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple of simple things. Go share this show with your network, subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for the mailing list at cyber.now.com for the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information. All right, so this week, the last interview that I was able to get from cyber tech midwest 2019 this one's a little bit longer of a conversation and i am really really thankful for teddy taking the time out of the conference to come sit down got a little over about 25 30 minutes ish of a conversation what a fantastic guy really really excited about having him here in Indy and the things he will do for the cybersecurity community, the things that 1150 is doing for this community and training people is amazing. I also want to take the time to remind everybody, go back to my previous episode last October with Scott Jones, the founder of 1150 Academy. Great guy doing great things for tech and cyber just amazing amazing stuff and training the next round or generation of folks but with that said here is my interview with teddy we'll see you on the other side Hey everybody, it's Nick Sturgeon, the Cyber.Now podcast coming from the press room at the Indiana Convention Center here, day number two of the CyberTech Midwest Conference. Here with me is Teddy Guzik, Cybersecurity, or Director of Cybersecurity for 1150 Academy at the, the Cybersecurity Range. Do I have that correct? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, good morning. Um... So uh, you're here, you were on a panel this morning, uh, moderated by Doug Rapp, who's a friend of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, so, ha- you know, got a little exposure here. So before we get into the, the actual panel, tell us about you. How did you get here? Where are you from? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So so I am born and raised in Indianapolis, uh, very passionate about this city. Went, went to IU, um, got a degree in computer science there, and then uh, moved up to Chicago to, to join a consulting firm doing penetration testing. First couple years of my career consisted of, of strictly doing pen testing um, and traveling around the world, uh, you know, all domestically as well, uh, to, to, to hack into corporate environments and, you know, explain to them how I was able to get in. So really thinking like an attacker in that perspective. From there then, um, towards the end of my consulting career there, uh, I, 
I managed a lab of, of 10 um, information security individuals where um, they were, all they were doing was pen testing day in, day out. Primary job, in addition to continuing to do pen testing, was you know, ensuring those guys were staffed, helping sell some work, um, spread the word. That's, I think that's incredibly important in the, in the information security world. But then uh, got to about, you know, probably two or three months ago, uh, Doug Rapp came to me, actually called me at 1030 at night. I'm sitting in Tampa <laughs> at a client and uh, calls me. He's like, hey, man, I got this thing. You have to come. You have, I know you want to move back to Indianapolis and I know you're doing your own thing. And so I've been you know, trying to start my own, uh, my own penetration testing firm here as well. And he's like, I know you're trying to do your own thing, but you've got to come here and check this out. This thing is so cool. And I was, I was reluctant at first. I know, I know Doug's a very trustworthy guy, but I didn't know if it was exactly what I wanted to do. So I, I took him up on it, went to the, the academy, listened to, to him and, and Sean and Scott uh, pitch to me what it is that they're, they're doing. And immediately I was interested. Uh, I was very intrigued. The whole idea of, of trying to conceptualize a, a security range was even for you know, someone that's in pen testing, very technical, uh, I still like, wanted to see it. I was like, yeah. they, wanted, they, they left me there wanting more. So I, I agreed to, um, to leave Chicago and come to Indianapolis, which is, you know, was always in my plans. It's always what I wanted to do, but it was to do this and not, you know, starting my own company, yeah. which uh, was been, has been great. So yeah, that leads me to now. So in the last six weeks or so, since I've, since I've joined 1150, we've been, you know, head to the ground, uh, producing the curriculum and uh, getting the classroom ready. Uh, we we start. I came on board the first day, and we had you know hardly anything ready to go. So we had to uh, really kind of get going there uh, with that first class starting in July. So it was it was uh, all systems go for for six weeks there, and then um, now we're about on week three of our class. And I got to tell you, it's incredible to see some of their uh, their progress uh, in the class we're teaching them we're starting off teaching them network plus getting their getting their basics in and networking and in computer and computers in general we've got some people in the class that came from no uh, no background at all in computers we've also got some awesome we've got some kids that just graduate high school that just nice. they decided they you know I don't want to do I don't want to do the whole college thing right now I want to I want to go start working I want to start making money and cybersecurity is what I'm interested in and, and naturally, those guys are all very interested in the offensive security yeah. side of things. Yeah, they want to they cool, want to be the hackers. Thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, uh, but they're making these incredible leaps, though. Where we're about we're about to test on Network Plus next week. Nice. And, and and real quick, so for the audience that isn't in the tech industry, CompTIA Network Plus it's an industry certification. So, which is part of the the cool thing that you guys are doing is when these kids and adults come out of it, they have some practical industry recognized experience as well as the practical experience from yes. the, the cyber range. Yeah, exactly. So so the first step is is the Network Plus, um, which is the first three weeks, and they're testing on that um, next early next week. And uh, after that, we're going to pick up on Security Plus, which really dives into more of the security components of, of IT um, and giving them that very basic background knowledge. And so the, the whole method behind that is most companies want to see a certification like that yeah. before they're going to look to hire someone. And then where we think we stand out and where I think is the biggest value add to this 
this whole class is, is our, our cyber range. So um, the cyber range is the second half of the course. After they have their certifications, the whole idea is now we're going to put them in a sock and we're going we're gonna to have them truly get experience with real-life attacks. Um, so in our, in our range right now set up for this class, we've got 14 different scenarios that this class is going to, they're going to they're gonna be sitting down at, at their computers one day, and then all of a sudden we're going to hit them with it as if they're sitting in a sock, and they're going to have to go through their firewall logs and figure out, you know, where is this coming from? They're going to have to look at their um, play as, as incident, response, as incident responders um, and, and figure out what is it that's actually, that's actually happening. So it's been, and, and so the whole idea there is that this is the practice that they're going to have that, that they don't need to mess up on in real life, right? So once they're they're working for a company, they're not that company is not going to want them to to see an attack like this and mess it up. Yeah, it's live production environments. Money is at stake. Reputations of the companies are at stake, and they don't need to be experiencing that oh crap factor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When, when there's real stuff on the line, right? And so you know. Being in, in athletics growing up and everything, like you always hear practice how you play, yeah. right? Practice how you want to play in the game. And that's kind of what we're trying to get them to be. We, you know, we, we had them create their own companies. So they have their own company and they're trying to defend each of them, kind of will pick their own role. Who is it that, you know, what is it that you want to do? And then really the, the, the big thing is, is communication. So they are all in the same exact environment and they've got to have, they've got to pick someone that's going to lead them through this. And well, they don't know this yet. And hopefully they don't listen to this before <laughs> that. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to show them on that first day, if they're not communicating correctly, like it's going to go awry. It's going to, yeah. it's not going to work. And that happened to us in our, uh, and when we got training on the range from Cyberbit, who br- sent over someone from Israel to give us daily training. And she showed up the first day, sent the attack and was like, you guys are being attacked. You guys have to react to this right now. And, um, you know, at first we, we, we got to know <laughs> the, the joking, hard way. Right? Yeah. yeah like, like you're joking, right? <laughs> and, and we struggled that first attack because everyone was kind of like, oh, no, we're good. You know, we weren't communicating. And then as we picked up, we started to communicate more and more. And, um, oh, God, the attacks were so fun. Like, it was like you get back from lunch and you were ready to go. You're like, yeah. when's the next attack? When are we going to have, have another opportunity at stopping um, these malicious users? So, yeah, that's the range. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, the course on how it's, how it's structured. So by the end of 12 weeks, the goal is that they are ready for that entry-level position and they feel like they have some sort of experience as well with that. Yeah, and, and I like the fact, and, and I've talked with Scott last year actually, and the, the whole premise of 1150 Academy and that boot camp style, but it, it's more than just you go in for a week and yeah, okay, you know, you may learn, learn right. something and retain even less, but over that, it's an immersion, immersive, curriculum where you're living it through that entire 12 weeks which for most tech people that's how we learn yeah by doing not just hearing somebody talk and then trying to regurgitate whatever they said you know on a piece of paper or test or something exactly exactly and that's where i think you know i think we kind of set ourselves apart from other other boot camps and you know even higher education in that regard and you know i i really respect the higher education side of of uh of training cyber individuals i mean i came from that i'm a product of that but i think we do it differently um and we do it quicker and i think that's incredibly important with that with the the job shortage that we have right now and that's kind of getting into the panel yeah yeah, that's getting in the panel and and doug actually and he and i have had this conversation i've said it on this show if you look at it just at the pure numbers of 
the, uh, what's open versus if you take all the universities with this cyber program and look at that as kind of a production cycle, they're not ever going to produce enough in products, cybersecurity professionals no. in that four-year time frame that it takes to train up under that system to meet the current demand, let alone the added demand during, you know, as we go along. Oh yeah, so, as it continues to grow, exactly. Because yeah, we don't know the jobs that are going to be needed and there, as new technologies and new threats, there's going to be new jobs needed that don't exist today and without programs and and thing, courses and curriculums like 1150 is doing with the Cybersecurity Academy, it's never going to meet right. that, whatever that number exactly. is. Exactly, exactly. And, and you mentioned the, the jobs that, that aren't here yet, right? And so one of the things that I think that is so important about boot camps and understanding that is that as, as those jobs are created, higher education is responding to that and they want to, right? They want to get to that point, but they have restrictive um, review boards that have to go through their curriculums. Yeah, that accreditation that was talked exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Family. In order to be accredited, you, you've you got to go through this this strict review process. So so what 1150 does is, is we're able to, um, the very next day, if something comes out, we're able to start teaching that. So I, and this wasn't asked, and I want to just kind of friendly push back here. What is the, the response on 1150 for some of those critics that would say, well, because you're not accredited in whatever, you know, by whatever, whomever, how can we trust this training? How do you respond to, to those folks that would say that? Right, absolutely. I mean, and I think that may, be, that may have been one of the hardest things in getting it off the ground. I think our work kind of speaks for itself from the, from the coding side of things especially, right? So right now we're just in the first cohort in cybersecurity, and the future looks very bright for it. I'm very excited about it. But, but if you look at the coding and, and other boot camps as well, um, but strictly if we're talking uh, 1150, I think right now they're graduating somewhere around 80 to 90% of that students, which doesn't mean right a lot to someone, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, you graduated a boot camp, but it's those placement rates of those students being about 80% as well um, into, into jobs that are high-paying coding jobs that allows them to you know, kind of change their entire life. And because and, mm -hmm. and, a lot of these people are coming from careers and, and industries where they A, weren't happy or B, weren't getting paid enough to supplement a lifestyle that they wanted to live. So that's, that. I mean, I would say that's as our, our results kind of speak for themselves. But it's, it's, it's certainly one of those things that we're, you know, continuing to try to grow our, our reputation for that, because that, that's really where it lies. Yeah, and, and it's meant no disrespect. I come from the university background, too. And having been a hiring manager, <laughs> and it, yeah. the, you need a good mix. I love the university system, but the university system isn't for everybody. Right. And I think as a society in our country, we've been pushed I mean we're you're probably a couple years younger than me but it's even from when I was in high school college is the only way college is the only way to go it's not the case oh yeah uh, and when you look at the trade you know type of jobs and the shop and any of those hands-on skills and, and I would say cybersecurity is a hands-on skill yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, is very technical skill and, and you look at the people that are that succeed mm -hmm. isn't always those people who would be successful at the university level right and without a a mechanism that allows them to do immersive just let me do type of programs and we're again as we've already stated the university system isn't going to produce enough 
of that talent, of those qualified individuals with the skills necessary to be successful at an entry-level job. Right, and, and you know, companies are always looking for and talking about more diverse backgrounds yeah. with, their, with the people they're bringing in. And um, I think the people that, that don't want to go to, to college and they want to jumpstart their career, they, they add a different perspective to that, that job market that I think is important that those, that those are looked at. I, I obviously, you know, you want to make sure that someone's, you know, if someone is actually wanting to better themselves and they're actually a driven individual. But, you know, if, if in interviewing those people and you, you, you get this sense that they have a sense of urgency and they want to start working and they want to get into the workforce, that I think it's incredibly important that those people are looked at. And they don't want to spend four years. Four years cost, or the money. Or the, yeah. yeah, the cost of it is ridiculous. Yeah. $23,000 for Indiana State. Love it. It's my alma mater My because my oldest daughter is going there for her first year. Tuition and board, $23,000. Yeah. How many people who want to make that change overnight can afford $23,000 for one year? Not a lot of people. And it's yeah. a, a huge barrier of entry. So... And this is why I commend and I've been a big fan of 1150 Academy for a long time is it, it's cost effective. Yeah. And in the time frame to go from zero to entry level, 12 weeks. Yeah. And yeah. it's proven. And if, and if anything too, you know, I like I give a lot of these these kids directly out of high school a lot of credit because they know that this is what they want to do. They're not going to go to college and find themselves, which I'll be honest with you, it was kind of what I did, right? So <laughs> you go to college, you have no idea what you want to do going in, and then you spend four years. I was fortunate enough to be able to go through that and then, you know, get out of it with a, a, a solid career. But, you know, some people go into that, and then it doesn't doesn't pan out for them, and then they're, they're sitting in a ton of loans, and, you know, that's constantly the talk that everyone's talking about is the loans. How are we going to pay this off? But it's like this is a good solution to that. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's going to college to find yourself is a very expensive way. I mean, yeah. $100,000, depending on which university you go to, you know, or anywhere from 100000 plus down to minimum forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. Think what you can do with that. What kind of party you could have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, kids yeah. go into college to party, and that's, that's just a really expensive party. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I want to I make sure that, you know, I'm fully supportive of oh, the university yeah, system, and, and I wouldn't take mine back, my, my ex- experience back for anything. But it really is, for people that, that don't, that's not their, their ways, that's not what they want to do, I think it's just a, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and from a business sense, too, I, I mean, even though 1150 is a non-for-profit organization, I mean, it, there's, there's an untapped uh, group of people. Yeah, that that are out there that can really take advantage of this, and it's cost effective. It's it's not putting a financial debt burden on an individual who wants to do that. Right. That that will take them 10, 15 years to pay off if they yeah. go to the university oh, yeah. out and are not finding jobs. But here, you know, it, it's they find a job even if they have to take a loan out for it it's not that big of a loan and with an 80% you know at least on the coding side which will for the sake of the conversation and i say okay let's even if it's a 70% uh, placement rate they're getting jobs 60 50 60 70,000 dollars as a entry level entry level analyst. right yeah you know they can pay yeah i can't remember what the cost is for the uh, the program, but it, it's 
very affordable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the I mean the code the coding class is is thirteen five yeah. thirteen thousand five hundred, and the the cyber class is eighteen thousand five hundred. And with that as well, you know, you were talking about the the loans and the paying everything back. So um, eleven fifty has some, something called a PISA that basically allows us to progressively have the students pay back their their loan from eleven fifty at a at a rate that's that's manageable for them and their and the income that they're making after they graduate. And it's one of those things where they don't ask for money before you're making a certain amount. So that and that, that's a super they're, they're just very flexible. 1150 is very flexible about making sure we can get people into the program to better their lives yeah. and to change them. And and that's the ultimate goal is for somebody who wants to change their life through this industry that they can do it or in, in coding and they're making an impact. So there's a social impact with it. There's, you know, a huge financial impact, not only oh, yeah. to them individually, but to us as a society, because they're not taking out hundreds of thousands of dollars of loans. And right. They're not going to get paid back. And then you and I and everybody else who are taxpaying citizens have to pay for it. Let's talk about the, the panel a little bit. Workforce development. I know we've kind of been around it here. Yep. So what were your thoughts as a panelist on the other speakers? I mean, well, obviously workforce development, but, you know, let's talk about the panel for a little bit. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, pretty overwhelming um, uh, response that it is, in fact, that, that we do need to provide the right cybersecurity talent. Um, one of the topics that came up, uh, it was super interesting was the ethics of it, right? Mm-hmm. So we keep talking about the shortage of employees and, you know, people wanting, we just need to hire people to fill these. The key, though, is making sure that we're hiring the correct people mm-hmm. for these um, for these jobs because, you know, in cybersecurity, you're given, you're, you're taught tool with tools and, you know, different sorts of, of malware that you can do bad, bad things for. So um, one of the things, or, or do bad things with, um, I, uh, I just think it's it's incredibly important to make sure that we're training those those students and and I guess just anyone that's coming up in cyber the correct way. Uh, one of the things that that um, Commissioner Payne of the, the Dep- Department of Workforce Development said uh, was it really starts at the top down, and I, it couldn't be true more true. Um, my my experience in the IT and especially in the hacking community, where yeah. it's even more apparent, um, is that I've had great leaders throughout that have you know always done things by the book correctly and you ought to make sure that the people that are training our our new generation of of cybersecurity individuals are ethical in that regard so are you guys making these i, I know because maybe not doing so much on the ethical hacking so to speak like a ceh but are you guys doing kind of like what um, ec council does and making these folks sign a, a ethical pledge? Exactly, yes. So one of the things we do before the students get into the range, before they actually get hands-on with some of these tools, is that, look, you're going to be learning things that 99% of the population, more than that, don't know how to mm-hmm. do. What you do with them is is extremely important. It goes back to that whole thing of Spider-Man's, says like, or yeah. Spider-Man's dad or grandpa says, with great responsibility, yeah. or great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, we talk to the students about and I think it's important as a on a whole level an industry level is that everyone kind of pass that along one of the things that that I, I I witnessed in you know one of my first cybersecurity conferences as I joined the industry uh there was a keynote speaker talking about ransomware and this is probably four years ago and he brought up that 
you know, hey, look, like his entire thing was about ransomware and how he could Mm -hmm. put on a command theoretically. And at the end of it, he says, you know, I may or may not have done this last night and made $5,000 on it. And to me, just, I mean, I guess the way I was brought up and everything kind of put a sick feeling in my stomach. Yeah. And it was like, right now you're preaching to a lot of people who are looking up to you yeah. and you're saying this kind of thing that you may or may not have. You very well, like, may not have done that, right? You may not be a bad person, but the fact that you put that in people's heads, that you, that's a potential or that you yeah. could do that. Yeah. And that you're, you know, you're at this point in your career where you're speaking keynote to big conferences and you're willing to say that kind of put a sick feeling in my stomach. So um, from there, moving forward, I always wanted to make sure that, you know, anyone that was coming up with me um, in in the industry, I wanted to make sure that, you know, we were all on the same page, that we were in this for the good. Yeah. Um, that's After all, that's why we are here is to protect companies and yeah. and teach people. So, yep. yeah. Cool. Anything else from the panel that you thought interesting just as you were listening to the, the other speakers? Yeah, I think I think the um, the K through 12 group is doing a great job. Uh, Jake Koressel is um, he's, he's heading up the computer science department there. I think they're doing a lot of really cool things where they're 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 doing some social engineering awareness and stuff like that, even through the K through 12, because it's something that we need to put into people's heads from the very beginning of their career. Because, I mean, I I keep going back to this, but as Midwesterners, we're meant we're just brought up to be good people, hold yeah. the door for people, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Where we shouldn't necessarily change how we are, but we need to be aware of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I thought that was super interesting that they're they're bringing in um, even younger students to to be in tune with this kind of thing. So yeah, it, digital citizenship. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I remember getting the the you know citizenship pins when I was in elementary yeah. school yeah. for do, you know whatever. And cybersecurity is more than just coding properly. Yep. There's a, I mean the the coding is great. And for those who want to go in and be developers, and even in cybersecurity, knowing some scripting and some coding, it yep. can be majorly beneficial in helping you know us do our jobs more efficiently. Absolutely. But it's not developing. No, no. There's there's a ton more uh, opportunities in, in jobs besides just just scripting. And in cybersecurity, in that that basic hygiene goes into. You know, the social engineering, the how you interact with somebody uh, through the web, and yeah. you know the cyberbullying and all of that kind of normal citizenship stuff that you know at least I was taught as a kid to to the internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 just it's extremely important um, as we're as we're continuing to progress as a society um, and become more and more digitally um, connected um, that. That everyone kind of understand, you know, don't be scared, right? And we've had some talks at this conference that have been uh, very, you know, almost like trying to scare everyone. And I, I don't, I don't think that's the necessarily the the perspective I want to I want to take it from. I think, you know, just being aware is the number yeah. one thing. Is is making sure that we're we're in tune with our surroundings and knowing what we're doing when we're getting this email. Are we properly checking? Um, who it's coming from, and are we um, preventing ourselves or stopping ourselves from clicking on that tempting attachment of yeah. that five hundred dollar Amazon gift card? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, General Clark had mentioned, "I'm here to scare you." I, I kind of looked at as you know, being a former cop of the parent saying, "If you don't you know, do this, yeah. we will arrest you." That's setting the wrong mentality for the kids. When I yeah. see that, and I even as a profession, I see that. No, we don't want to scare. The scare tactics 
Well, I mean, people will just either not use it, and that's not an option in today's age. Right. People are going to use it. Or they're just going to look at us as professionals as, well, we're the no guys. We're, we're this, you just using scare tactics. We need to be a facilitator. We need to be a partner with these individuals and in our companies and our lives to make sure we you know, you, you attract more yeah. flies with honey than you do vinegar. Yeah. The kind of analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to one of the things that, that I've kind of picked on to over the last couple of uh, years is transparency and security. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, the industry is known for, you know, what I know, I know you don't need to know it. Um, you know, I know how to do this. You're you need, fine. Yeah, you need to go learn it on your own. Yeah. And it's just like, I remember as a high schooler getting into the, the ha- kind of the early hacking community and asking, man, I would love to, for you to teach me how yeah. to do this because I'm curious. Well, you need to go learn. I remember on a chat room, this guy <laughs> telling me, well, you just need to go search it out for yourself. It's just yeah. this power uh, over that knowledge where I think there's power in sharing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's huge in growing this community. And as we're, you know, to, to tie it all together, going back to um, building that workforce and, and being welcoming to people that are interested in, in the industry, don't scare them away. Bring them in because we need everyone that we possibly can. Yeah. We don't need that certain lineage. Well, if you don't go to this school or come right. from that, and this is one of my personal complaints about the industry, even as I was kind of breaking into it, is having people you know, on the east coast or west coast specifically well you didn't come through this specific it, you're not a cybersecurity professional yeah with that mentality no wonder we're in such a shortage oh yeah I, not to say that's the only reason but i think it does play a factor absolutely in thinking you know we're better than everybody or you're not good or you know you don't have this certain pedigree so you can't be a cybersecurity professional I think part of that is, too, is as geeks growing up, you know, kind of teased and, and bullied. And now that we have gotten into this, you know, kind of the limelight that right. is, you know, the 2019 of, you know, cyber is cool. You know, there's some power in that. Oh, yeah. And as people have not experienced that before or now, like, you know, they just don't know how to handle yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. very true. Well, Teddy, anything else um, as we kind of wind down here? Uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, it's you know, good this... to have, you know, over the last couple of weeks to get to know you, and a great job on the presentation. I'm not just saying that because you're on the show. I, I, you know, We met last year at the CyberTech yep. a little bit, talking to Chad Pittman, and the fact that Doug brought you on speaks volumes for you and your character, so it's, I'm glad you're able to take some time out of your day to, to come on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to continuing our relationship and you know i'm happy to come on whenever anytime anything comes on you need a a different thought on i'm happy to be there all right man thank you awesome thanks that's it for this week's show you guys thank you all for tuning in i hope you enjoyed it next week i am going to be bringing you my interview with the one and only and the fantastic Lindsay marie of townhall.com super super conversation with Lindsay. Cannot wait for your guys' ear holes to enjoy that conversation. Thanks again to our sponsor, Delta Research, for supporting the show. Again, if you want to join in on the conversation, go to the show's webpage at cybernowpod.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech or email me at nick at the Finally, 
If you think this show is worthy, you guys, please go to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I promise I will be back again next week to do this thing once more. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.